Amazon's developer kit has been available for three years now, and Google Assistant's just one year less with two years. Today we have a very special guest, Jan Koenig, the founder of Jovo, the most popular framework for developing cross-platform apps, comes on today to talk about where Jovo came from, what kind of problems and demands they're meeting now, and then what the future for voice app development looks like. Hey, Jan, welcome to the show. Hey there. How's it going? Doing well. Am I pronouncing that right? Is it, is it Jan? It's Jan. <laughs> Apologize. No, no problem. Not, even, even Alexa can't do that, so that's, that's okay. Whenever I do Alexa demos, I have to tell people I'm John or Jonathan or, or James. Okay. Jan, how, how's the weather today in Berlin? It's about 5 o'clock there, 4 o'clock there, right? It's four o'clock. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice out. Definitely not as hot as the last few weeks, but it's definitely it hasn't been raining a lot in the last few weeks, so it's quite dry. But never complain about summer and some sun, so it's good. I wanted to ask you how you really got started with the voice interface. What sparked your attention in in this space before you really started? Um, yeah, so that was at the beginning of uh, 2017. Uh, so uh, Amazon just launched Alexa in Germany, and we um, uh, I bought Nekodot, but I moved um, I moved in the in the city in Berlin, and so I didn't have internet for about two weeks or so at home. And so I gave my Nekodot to uh, my co-founder Alex, and he was playing with it. And someday he sent me. Um, uh, um, uh, WhatsApp video actually um, with a demo he built over the weekend, which was um, like he told Alexa to um, start the fireplace, and and like suddenly his TV would turn on and uh, would display like a fireplace, like a YouTube video or something. And we were so fascinated by this whole idea of um, using or building multimodal user experiences across devices uh, that are connected and uh, that allow you to control stuff via voice um, and that we thought, okay, let's, let's try to build something that enables developers to, to build these types of experiences, of these uh, multimodal user experiences. Wow. So your co-founder just took it over a weekend and he didn't just learn how to use it, but he made it his own and hacked into it and built his own apps for it over the course of his first weekend? Exactly. Yeah, I think it was just a, a lot of playing around, and he was like fascinated by um, also by the multimodal aspect. And like we were doing some other projects in the chatbot space before that, and um, and so we were always uh, intrigued by having different uh, surfaces or different um, different channels for different contexts. So um, when you're on the go, you can uh, you can interact with a chatbot or a mobile app. When you're at home, voice is um, very often the most convenient. And so we never, we never thought that it's just supposed to be a voice only um, or an exclusive voice experience or just more, more like that voice is one part of the, of the product mix. An important part though, but uh, we think that voice is most powerful when it's added to, uh, to a multimodal product. Huh. So I wanted to ask you because I saw your, your tweet the other day that you had gone to a conference what was it? Speak to me, or or something similar? Talk to me. Yeah, it was a very um, it was a very 
Okay. Sorry we cut out there. Jan, you were telling me about Talk To Me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yes, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Maybe it's my internet connection. Um, so, yes, so I went to a hackathon, which was called Talk To Me, but they had some very, very interesting speakers. So the first one and a half days were actually like a conference and and then there were like a lot of teams, like 15 different teams or so, uh, building um, stuff. So there was one team, for example, they built uh, they built an add-on for, for an online game called StarCraft. And so they made it possible for you to um, like to guide your troops in by using Alexa. So you could just tell Alexa to evacuate your your troops and then they would like immediately move somewhere else on the screen. So I thought that was uh, super interesting. Right? Um, a lot of, a lot of very interesting ideas. That is cool. Just last week I was talking with uh, a professional video gamer because Alexa just, or what is it? The team from Bethesda just released that version of Skyrim, the very special edition for Alexa. And I thought that was cool. Oh, that yeah. Gaming is starting to bleed over into the voice space and voices slowly starting to become involved in the gamer space, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so as well. Most games right now are voice-only games, uh, which I love as well. So there's like interactive stories, for example. There's a lot of trivia games. Uh, but I, I also like the idea of having a connection between like other, other games, like video games or even offline games. So uh, yesterday, um, the, the company called over... I think um, the company that produced the game Win in Rome, um, I think, oh, it's called Novel Effect. So they just announced uh, a funding round yesterday. I think they raised like uh, $3 million or so to connect um, offline board games with, uh, uh, with Alexa, for example. So you can actually like talk to Alexa while playing a board game. And I thought that's very interesting as well. I really like that concept because, yeah, a lot of the board games that we play right now involve dice rolls. They involve transfers of cash and all these little things. And just having a little voice assistant who acts as your dungeon master or the game leader, I think, could provide a lot of, a lot of assistance and then make it so that you're augmenting your games and making them more fun. So one of the things, yeah, I, yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is when, when people talk to you, when developers talk to you, or when you're going out and talking about Jovo, What's the biggest point you bring up with customers that, uh, that sells them on Jovo? Why do, what's the biggest value add that people find with Jovo? So at the beginning, it was definitely a cross-platform development. So um, when we started Jovo, uh, the, the initial idea what I was um, uh, talking about was uh, multimodal user experiences to help people build cross-device experiences that not only work with Alexa and Google Assistant, but also on a mobile phone, for example. But we realized that the space is still super early and that like right now people are just trying to grok like the, the right voice experiences. And so uh, we, we decided to, after talking to lots of developers and agencies um, to focus on a very specific problem that came up quite often uh, by professionals. And that's um, that when you wanna build an, an action on Google and an Alexa skill that does basically the same thing, um, that you have to build it with two separate SDKs. You have to uh, maintain it um, in two different places, in two different cloud environments, and and all of that. So it's a lot of a lot of pain 
um, to, to do that. And so this is why many, many people also just neglected um, Google Assistant because it was um, already so much time um, and they were spending already on building for Alexa and they didn't have the time to do all of it over again uh, for Google Assistant. So this was, we were the first open source framework that allowed developers to build a cross-platform uh, voice apps of with only one code base, uh, which also allowed people to like host their Google Actions on AWS Lambda, for example, and so it didn't have to like then go to the Google Cloud platform. And so um, this was one thing. Um, and uh, now, of course, other um, other platforms, uh, software as a service tools, and also uh, some open source libraries, they are also um, going into the direction of cross-platform development and. Um, so this won't be our, our only uh, selling point in the next few months. What we've been focusing more and more in the, in the most recent months is um, professional teams. Because uh, so uh, when we talk to developers, um, it's, it's interesting uh, for us uh, how many patterns there are that are similar between the, the mobile app space and the voice space. So... Um, at the beginning of the voice space, there weren't a lot of tools uh, that were provided, but then when the, the market matured a little more, or the mobile space, I'm sorry. Um, so when, when the mobile space grew and matured and uh, more and more people got involved and then the development teams and design teams got larger and more cross-functional and then it was more and more important for people to have like clear deployment processes, automated testing, uh, different staging environments and, and all of this. And we're seeing this now in the voice space as well. So it's still very early, but we um, we built a lot of these features already. Like we have a staging process, for example. Uh, we're releasing something that helps people um, debugging voice apps uh, this Thursday, probably. Um, the Jovo Visual Debugger, uh, which we're very excited about. And then some, some other things to just... Uh, to just help people uh, develop their voice apps, uh, develop and publish their voice apps um, on a professional level, uh, people collaborating, uh, and so on. I got to tell you, if you release that testing, those debug tools on Thursday, I will probably have a video out on YouTube on Friday showing people how to use it. I, I, <laughs> I'm one of the people who have been waiting on testing for voice to come out because I got to say when I test in the Alexa console, or when I text on Google Cloud Platform, it's it's just like, as you're saying, just to be able to abstract, to be able to test with one code base, to test on both platforms, that's just gonna help me out so much with development. Sounds great, yeah, we're also, so, uh, so I don't want to um, to tell too much about this because it's um, I think it's very difficult to explain this tool and you just have to see it. Um, but what's, what's really helpful is, so we built this, that you can actually talk to your device as well and see the conversation on your screen. So you can actually see, did it understand me correctly? Where am I in the, in the user flow? Which state am I? Did it understand the slot correctly and all of this? So even if I'm, um, if I'm testing the app from some of my team members, I can still understand where in the process I am. And if I figure out that there's like, if I see that there's a bug at a certain place, I can just tell, like send that person a screenshot where this bug happened, for example. But let, let's see, it's a very, very beta version of, of the debugger. Um, I, hope, I hope people like it. We just wanted to launch it quickly to see how people use it. Um, yeah, let's see, I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm very excited and I'll need to check it out. Another thing that has been brought up when I meet with a lot of clients, or they ask, 
can we build for Siri and can we build for Cortana? And to be honest, I never really thought about those other voice assistants when I was developing myself. My first thought was Alexa. And then eventually I brought in Google mm-hmm. Assistant. And now that people are asking about these other kits and Siri kit recently opened up to the public, have, has Jovo thought at all about expanding into more voice apps or is the focus more on trying to provide tools for professional teams? Uh, so definitely we're thinking about adding other platforms. Uh, so the problem is that, um, so Microsoft Cortana is definitely on our roadmap, but the thing is that like not too many people have asked for it actually. Um, so it's still a very, very small platform and we are definitely considering adding it. But right now um, our priorities are at, at other things first, but we are launching um, the version two of our framework uh, later this year, and it will have um, a better, like it will have easier processes to extend the framework and to add more platforms. And so this is when when we will probably also launch uh, Microsoft Cortana support, or when it will be easier to launch the support. Because right now, I mean, the the framework it grew over the last uh, over the last year. We open sourced it almost a year ago, I think, and so the, the very initial version. And so it grew and it, it grew, and so um, it's time to do some refactoring and to modularize the framework a little bit to make it easier to add more platforms, more natural language understanding services, and, and so on and so on. So this is uh, regarding Cortana and other platforms that are open. Um, the problem with Siri is that. Siri, um, Siri Kit uh, only is like it's only possible to build like for like eight use cases or domains with Siri. So you can like order a cap and stuff like that. But the way people build voice apps for Siri or Siri commands, I think they're called, um, is different compared to Alexa or Google Assistant or Cortana. So it's um, more like um, the, the Siri part is more like a companion to, to a mobile app. So you actually have to build an iOS app to be able to provide a Siri command, for example. And so this is why it's difficult. And we were hoping uh, for like last and this WWDC that they were opening up Siri a little more and make it a little more flexible for people to build voice apps on top of it. That's so interesting. Uh, hopefully it's just going to happen. You have such a unique perspective um, of voice development and mobile as a whole. I didn't even know that you guys had originally been looking at mobile apps, but Voice First Tech had followed a similar trend. We, we started with voice, but we realized a lot of our clients were coming from mobile apps and wanted us to build a mobile mm-hmm. app more as well. So Voice First Tech kind of encompassed mainly voice development with Alexa and Google cross-platform. But on top, we also work with Android, iOS, and React Native because a lot of people are really mm-hmm. in that voice space or in the, in the mobile space. So one of the questions, mm-hmm. yeah. the next question I had for you, because of that perspective you got of just like you see Google and you see Alexa and you see Siri kit, the entire field, it feels like you're just elevated and you're looking out, kind of seeing what, how everything's playing out in the voice space. Where, where do you see it heading next? Do you, do you think that we're going to get to the point where you can develop one code base and then it builds out your website, your mobile app, your voice app and everything? Do you think that VR is going to start to advance or do you think that right now we're just in the slow period of voice where there's going to be a lot of growth? Uh, that's an interesting question. So um, 
we think that um, like regarding the the voice space, um, I mean, there were some some problems in the voice space and the like people have been talking a lot about discovery issues, like how, how do people find my app and then also monetization issues. So when people find my app, how do they make money off of it? And so um, that's um, like, it's clear now that Amazon and Google are both working on these issues. So Amazon, is, uh, they just... Uh, they just announced this last week, I think, the can fulfill intent um, request. And also Google has something called implicit discovery. So you don't have to search, like actively search for voice app, but rather they find the right voice app for your request. And so which hopefully uh, will enter into a new, completely new field of voice uh, search engine optimization for voice SEO. And um, and then monetization as well. Like both platforms are now working on payment features. Amazon just introduced in-skill purchases. So I think definitely those voice apps are growing. Um, what's interesting there is um, we think that smart speakers are just the beginning, and that there's like something I'm working on a blog post called the smart speaker ripple effect, um, where people are starting like they're buying a smart speaker at home, and then they're like uh, are getting used so much to the to this convenience that when they're outside their, their home, so they're like expecting um, a similar ease of use for other devices as well. And so Google, they're now betting a lot on, on their Google Assistant um, on their mobile phones. Uh, for example, Pixel has a lot of great features. I have a Pixel um, and use uh, Google Assistant a lot on it, but then also other, other places. So, um, at the beginning, we thought that um, that the future will be more cross-device, so it will become important to bridge the gap between different ecosystems. Now that the platforms are going to a different direction, so um, rather like Amazon wants to be a layer on top of every device, basically. So this is why they're adding Alexa um, to to PCs. They're adding Alexa to TVs now and to to basically anything, cars, and so on. And so um, they're really trying to pull people into their ecosystem, um, and which can be um, good for developers to basically be everywhere by only writing one code base, but also it limits them because they have to play in, in Amazon's garden and, um, and need, to, um, need to do what, what Amazon um, allows them to do. So I think, um, I think it's still undecided where uh, where the space is headed, um, and a lot of people, I believe, like going back to the smart speaker ripple effect. So, I think in the future, um, people will expect to um, to be able to use their voice uh, wherever they are as a as a second option. For example, so when I'm when I'm buying a train ticket, um, I might uh, like at at the train station, I might be able to just use voice instead of like touching um, on, on and through five different screens, for example, and um, but it's not like the it. Hey, Jan, are you still there? I think the connection may have dropped. Jan, since you brought up uh, the can't fulfill intent request, I have a client right now who is having us work the can fulfill intent request in. And I gotta say to bring their version one Alexa skill up to version two, and then to add that in, it's actually <laughs> been a lot of, but just for the specific client, I think the feature itself 
is going to be really big. Mm-hmm. And I made a tweet. I said the can fulfill intent request feature is going to be way bigger than anybody can imagine. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the reasons that web blew up so much is that the search engine optimization to be able to not force people to discover or not force people to know what they're looking for, yeah. but to just out native requests to, to connect those to, to applications that will fit their needs. So for someone to just think of a question off their head to ask it and Alexa and Google don't know how to answer it but they know an app that can answer it. I think that's going to make voice a much more viable platform. And I think it's also going to help with companies to be able to find more customers in a more native and organic fashion. So the last question I had for you was developers who are new to the voice space and they're interested because they see everybody with Alexa and Google devices, but they don't know where they should be spending their time and attention. Do you have any recommendations for new developers coming into the voice area? Uh, sure. So, so you mean which platforms to pick, for example? Like, should they pick Alexa? Should they pick Google? Or just overall tips? Um, okay. Yeah. Actually, do you recommend that they build for a single platform, or do you recommend they pick up Jovo as a framework? <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of people actually use Jovo and just build for either Alexa or Google. Um, so we. Uh, we are a cross-platform framework, but we're also trying to make the whole development experience um, easier and faster. And so this is why a lot of people choose Jovo, um, even if they're like only building for one platform. But I would recommend that. I mean, there's the, the platforms, they have their differences. And so um, in, in my opinion, um, it's it's worth it to to build for two platforms and then just see which, which works better. But um, but also keep in mind that they, there are differences between the platforms. And so Alexa has a, a very strong brand. And so it's very different for it's very difficult for, um, for a, a skill to differentiate from the Alexa brand uh, where a Google Assistant uh, is just the moderator and it's just passing the user to a different, to a different voice. And so uh, I think that um, this is important to consider. Uh, besides that, I would um, I would just play around. I would just um, try to build build out a happy path um, or like um, some some very simple uh, some very simple voice app and um, and then see how people use it and and then see if if uh, where and how uh, you can provide value today. And to get started, so we we have a few tutorials and courses um, that you can find at uh, Jovo tech learn and um, we try to help people get started quickly and then uh, once they need more uh, more advanced features they can just um, just use them but getting started is super easy so we we have a lot of developers um, that are really beginners that started their development journey um, by building voice apps and so I think it's a great way to get started and then to to improve and learn about serverless and everything while uh, while building out um, Alexa skills of Google Actions. Yeah, yeah, you get to learn serverless, you get to learn voice apps. If everybody listening, if you haven't already been, go to jovo.tech, www.jovo.tech. They have a great getting started guide on there. You can follow it and build a voice app, I'd say in less than an hour if you just sit down and learn the instructions. Jan, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your experience and thoughts on Jovo with the audience. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye.